Welcome to One on One. I'm here with Erica Sporty in the White Building in Hackney Wick, where she has a residency. Erica's work revolves around the channels between people, which these days involves plenty of digital channels. Um, and today I'm going to be avoiding the word mediation, but instead using modulation. Um, so you're, I'm interested in your interest in perhaps the modulation between person-to-person interactions. <laughs> It's funny because I often use the word mediation and then think, oh, God, I use that word far too much. Um, I am fine. I've been meditating, which is funny because my phone often confuses the word mediation with meditation and suggests one for the other. So that just shows how often I probably use both. But, yeah, I'm good because I've just come back from a meditation retreat and wish I could do it more. Well, um, I can say a little bit about what I thought I was going to be working on because the um, the residency has kind of it's 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 associated with the idea of stacktivism, which um, Jay Springett uh, coined, but has come out of lots of deb- debates really looking at ideas of infrastructure. In fact, the residency is called infraspection, so it's kind of looking at all different ways of looking at the infrastructures of the uh, digital world, let's say not just the kind of uh, the materiality of things like the minerals, the fibers, the cables, the energy, the server farms, et cetera, et cetera, but also the um, invisible infrastructures of the digital labor that supports it. So um, something I've become really interested in recently is like the moderators uh, who keep content off Facebook or, you know, the people who supply the apps that we have or whatever, stuff like that. So... That's <laughs> another long-winded way of saying. I don't really know what I'm working on yet, yeah, but it's going to be something around those ideas. Yeah, and I know we've talked before about your work um, maybe not being so much about that material aspect of, well, maybe not material isn't the right word or, or about being the right word either, but <laughs> you're more interested in you know the social interactions that um, the, these digital technologies um, create rather than the more formal aspects that come out in other maybe other artists work um, mm. so it's interesting um, to, s- to hear you speak on these maybe perhaps more formal mm. um, bits because I know like your work has to do um, so much with people to people interaction mm. um, and I was mentioning this distinction between um, mediation and modulation before because I've recently sort of set that up as a, I mean, people talk about how technology mediates all the time, um, but it's become, maybe just on, because I've been thinking about it so much, it's become less interesting to me to think about mediation mm. um, and instead think of, uh, about modulation where it's like kind of like a, sort of a reflection, mm-hmm. refraction discri- distinction, where, the medi- where mediation happens sort of immediately um, bet- in, during an interaction. Mm. Where you know someone you know is writing someone writing someone or you know in some messaging or um, having a Facebook chat or you know you know maybe all of these things more at the same time um, and the mediation happens immediately mm. during that process whereas modulation takes place afterward I think um, and only in retrospect so that I, so when people create artworks or like your work um, the outage that mm. that um, to me seems appears as a modulation mm-hmm. of these forms um, yeah so no, yeah speak on that distinction I don't know maybe yeah, yeah. 
No, I think that's really interesting because, I mean, first of all, I would say like, yeah, I do. I, what I'm dealing with is people to people interaction. But I suppose this is uh, but very much within the context of the the structures that we're within. Are, they're not just people. It's, you know, there's, there are these non-human agents. Do they have agency or not is, again, a big question that I'm interested in. But how does that, how, you know, how does that... Um, you know, how are we entangled with these non-human uh, agents and how does that kind of um, change our interactions or rather how does it change us as humans? Like to what extent are we humans if our experience is so modulated through, let's say, algorithmic processes, through the devices that we use all the time, through just the sense of being connected, through the idea that somebody's just at the end of our device or that the kind of the internet is like on us at all times. But also I think the, the idea of modulation is interesting because one of the things that I, I've always been fascinated by is this sense of like feedback loops and things feeding into each other. And that's kind of how I understand um, modulation. I think it was um, um, Matteo Pasquinelli talking about uh, non-virtuous non feedback loops and that being this idea that algorithms, like any other system, um, they're, they're not neutral. They don't, un they don't stand outside a system and reflect what's there in some kind of neutral way, which is maybe sometimes how mediation comes across. Like there is a thing and then it is mediated and it, it passes from one place into another. You know, it's here, it's mediated through a text message and it arrives there. Right. There's not really a sense of it then coming back yeah. or some and kind of like loop that could go wrong yeah. even. Or and I see the effects of that mediation in some um, in crystallizing to be the, the point of modulation mm. um, and where, um, so say like you have an algorithm on Facebook doing some sort of facial recognition and then there's another algorithm built on top of that for ads or something. That's yes. the modulation of that original. Yeah. And that's where I see, that's kind of where my interest is going and mm. my focus is going in terms of um, where points of interest are lying um, with things like social media that you deal so directly with. Totally, and I mean that's the thing is I suppose the, the thing that I've been interested in is that that sense of that the those kind of uh, yeah you so you could have the Facebook algorithm reading your face um, let's say reading your face to see what kind of emotions are there which would theref thereby trigger uh, particular ads but it's not just that the process is ends there it's then feeding off how you've responded to that and learning from it in order to then give you even better tail uh, tailored um, ads or you know links so it's that sense of the the feedback loops where it becomes almost impossible to know kind of like is is it my desire which is triggering that or is it that um my desires have been triggered by right, the ad and th that sense of the kind of like entanglement of not knowing kind of where where i where i begin and where these processes end and i mean that that's something i've always been interested in like you know way before kind of internet was even on my mind in any way like when i was young when i was 18 or something just that sense of how do we know what are what are our desires and what is let's say the media or you know somehow from our, what is kind of a socially uh, expected or constructed desire or aspiration or dream so yeah. in many ways it's a kind of continuation of that same interest right yeah and i wonder one of something else i wanted to talk about was where you see really technologies opening up these kind of this rub that you're like speaking about here of like is this what I desire is this what I'm meant to be desiring and where is this coming from like do you see obviously you know technologies aren't like blasting in these new kind of 
see the do you see any spaces where technologies are really opening up these discrepancies, maybe with the sort of feelings algorithm? Hmm. Maybe that's not so well articulated <laughs> as a question. No, no. I mean, I, I, I think it is. I guess it's just that there's always this thing of, you know, you always kind of want to preface that it's not a t t technologically deterministic situation. Right. You know, we, we evolve with our technologies, which then uh, kind of evolve us in some way. It's not, it's not necessarily that, you know, the technology is driving our evolution. Um, and, and I would say that's, that's still the same, you know, when it comes to things like um, to the reading of affect and its quantification and so on. I mean, I, I heard something um, Judy Wachman said, I think that's how you pronounce her name, was that things like the constant uh, desire for busyness and this idea of efficiency and many people say, oh, you know, it's because of smartphones or it's because of the internet or something. But she was saying like, that's not a technological artifact. That's a cultural artifact, which is around the idea of efficiency and performance and, uh, and productivity. And the same could be said for things like the, um, you know, let's say face reading or effective um, recognition software. It's all based on this idea that there would be this more efficient way to um, direct better advertising to people in order to keep that kind of machine mo moving more smoothly. So actually, you know, that's a, that's a cultural desire or shall we say an economic uh, d desire to, to kind of make those channels as smooth as possible so that I immediately know if you're sad and advertise some uh, antidepressants to you. You know, I immediately know that you're happy and uh, advertise something, something fitting. Although, from doing my life in adverts um, project, I realised that uh, happiness is a harder thing to to sell. As in, like, if you're happy, it's harder to sell you something. Right, right. But so you always have to find <laughs> that limit of where you're almost happy. Yeah. It's the pursuit of happiness. Yeah, not yeah. The, the promise of it. Itself, right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Maybe you can talk a little bit more about um, a piece like um, AdWords or mm. the outage and how, or actually even maybe um, your thoughts on the Instagram gifting. I'm mm. interested in um, that project because of its really, to me, non-material non mm. aspects. Maybe you can talk a bit about that project because it, as a, I'm not sure how you um, fully realize it mm. um, or if it is at any point fully realized as a piece um, or if it's more of a ongoing gesture yeah I think with that particular piece it actually did have uh, it, something else came out of it which which was a video which I wasn't very happy with okay. so I've never really done anything with but in a sense really the piece was that it was a it was a more of a performance that took place online mm -hmm. and the thing with w with it was is that there's nothing to see really so it kind of because I sent people videos um, and they had to tag them and give me the titles back. And what I then shared on Instagram was a blank video, so just a black one. Again, and this is coming, th the fact that it was black possibly shows my age and my background having studied um, film and video art. Because um, the idea of the black is, is like the empty, you know, on screen. So, so that's, what these, that's what you see is just these blank videos. So in the, f in, in the sense is that the, the viewer has to take it almost entirely on trust that what I sent, that this interaction, this exchange did actually take yeah. place. And in a way, the only way they know for sure is by taking part themselves, because then they get right. a bit, and then they, then they get their own little video, which is theirs, and they, they, have to, uh, they have to carry out their kind of side of the exchange. I mean, I was very much interested in the idea of the tags, then the metadata. So it's not so much like 
it's not the information, but the information about the information, right. which is what the piece ends up being about because there's nothing to see, there's no content. Um, but what there is is metadata about the content, and that kind of ends up being the trace of this um, of this exchange. And at the same time, it's the trace that the other person has provided. So you don't actually see what I've done at all. That's completely hidden. So in something like that, yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's really not very much to see. It's almost like I it's almost just like a, a an idea or a gesture, except that it's not because it was really carried out, and that was actually an extremely tiring thing to do. Just you know, to be making videos all the time and sending them to people and collecting what they'd put and then reposting them as blank videos and all of that while basically being it being the summer holidays. So. Um, yeah, with something like that, with with a project like that, I guess like one of the things I'm interested in is not really is the way that you don't really necessarily know where it ends exactly. Like yeah, right, right. it's y yes, it's a performance, but it. yeah, there's and that's what I'm also really interested in that yeah. kind of. Um, and you mentioned metadata, which I think is mm. which is really prominently prominent in your work. Mm. Um, and since we're in this sort of, I think of it as a post prism mm. age where people who are somewhat technologically efficient are aware of metadata, and I think that metadata really operates at an effective level now in projects that deal with um, people exchanging information mm -hmm. online, um, because now that there, there's always this um, rub of um, metadata being passed around as well and tracked and recorded, does that feature for you at all in the work? I mean, it obviously features in the work, but in what I'm not sure if I quite get in, in what way you mean or like. So I'm wondering if there's an effective level mm -hmm. of metadata where there's a communication occurring between people um, and now there's sort of an awareness of this metadata being passed around. I'm wondering if you, if that's, if you respond to that or if you see people responding to that, like, um, like for example, someone, I mean, people have always had privacy concerns, mm. but now I wonder if those are heightened back and forth you've noticed like from yourself or for some from someone else like oh maybe I shouldn't be even talking to this person mm -hmm. because it's being recorded on on mm. you know this sort of meta level yeah I mean to actually the the way one of the ideas for, for doing that project was this sense of um, of a kind of very low level and not real but it's just the idea of a type of encryption because um, at this point in time and that's probably not for very much longer videos can't be read Images can right. now, right. you know, we're seeing that everywhere, right? Auto tagging, um, the Google image search, image search yeah. the similar image search, the fact that you can now, um, you know, natural language processing put done with um, visual patterning algorithms of being able to create kind of sentences to describe an image. And, you know, that's been quite widely publicized. So images are now able to be read, and maybe not brilliantly, but it's but going that, that way. That technology is there and yeah. Okay. Audio already, you know, that's now being done live, you know, in real time, isn't it? Audio conversations, like if anybody, you know, if anybody was interested in your conversation over the phone, it can be tapped and listened to and transcribed in real time. Right. So that stuff's all, you know, when it comes to audio, obviously text, I mean, if I email <laughs> you a document, that's obviously completely readable. So I was really, really thinking about these levels of readability within I exchanges on social media and the idea of that um, metadata are a type of visibility. So if you have something which is blank, um, but it has metadata, it's visible. 
So it's the it's the, you know the method it's if it's tagged or if it's titled or if it's got um, you know geolocation whatever if it's got some kind of metadata that makes it visible and readable in some way. Um, so that's something that I was interested in with this uh, Instagram thing is is that the videos are blank there's nothing there but there is as far as search bots uh, are concerned right, as far as there's loads yeah it's got tags you yeah, know it's got you know content that's yes maybe it's got not rendered yeah. visually yeah rendered in a myriad of other ways and this is the thing that i think is interesting is like if we're now inhabiting a world with this way this kind of machine vision this m way of reading things then that is a form of visibility that we're not necessarily tuned into and that's something i was really interested in is like how do you kind of work with these things which uh, are visible to to a machine intelligence um so that's and that kind of comes yeah, into a lot of the things i'm interested in yeah Visualizations. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't really want to get into big data, but I think you know that's another yeah. subject. Um, other people can talk to you about. Yeah. It, but <laughs> I'll do myself elsewhere. But <laughs> well, yeah, and me. And also, you know, what I was just thinking about this morning was like this idea of a machine vision. I suppose I'm really interested also in the way that um, a lot of these things and these algorithms and these readings and they all seem to be about trying to kind of access some kind of consciousness and trying to make that manifest in some way trying to read like what are our desires what is our inner experience mm -hmm. and i'd be re really think you know that's something which i've been thinking about for years as well like how is that kind of passable yeah and i, I know there was uh, we talked before too about um a kind of directness that mm -hmm. you maybe seek um if that's a, a good word for it um mm. and back on you being uh, away for a meditative retreat mm. on this past week i know you talked about it as meditation as sort of opening up pathways to that directness and communication or trying to or trying to yeah um maybe uh, is there a bridge you see between your work um in these kind of fields in your practice and um your sort of medit meditative practice i do actually and you know just to bring back the word mediation for a second um you know one of the things i'd always been interested in is this sense of can there be a direct experience, i.e. one that isn't mediated, mm -hmm. not by by anything, by, you know, writing as a technology, anything's a technology, really. Language. If you want to, anything is a mediation, rather, not anything is a technology, but language is a mediation, uh, so is drawing. So all of these things are a way of passing uh, the stuff that's in my mind so that somebody else can see it, so that somebody else can read it and understand it, and thereby communication, connection is created. And, um, you know, even in your own mind, you have images. And they, when you have an image in your mind, that kind of conveys some type of information. So I, I guess a lot of the time I thought about, wh well, what, what is a direct experience? And some of the, the histories of that could be around religious, um, uh, you know, religious ecstasy, the sense of being completely at one and at union with, you know, some higher being. And... Um, I guess I've some some I've, I've thought about that in terms of there's almost like something technological there that desire to bring. Uh, Walter Benjamin said that like talking about the I think it was the gramophone maybe that it brings things closer spatially and humanly. And I've kind of thought about that idea of like the, the you know uh, technology and forms of mediation allowing things to to become closer to you um, in some way. But they're always being they're always being passed through something. So in meditation, I think there's there's often a desire to kind of get beyond that to see if there's if is there some place which 
um, it's not a mediated experience, it's a direct one. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Again, I don't have an answer to that, but it's, it's definitely something I think about. Yeah, no, and I think, I mean, that's a great, I see part of that being so important to a lot of people's lives right now. Um, mine, mine included is this sort of spirit, this sort of, oh, the stratification between spiritual mm. um, direct experience maybe if we can associate those two mm. um, <laughs> as we will for right now um, and uh, like heavily mediated experience that we experience in our daily lives more and more these days and I think it is I think that is where um, there's kind of a new a newness in the what's happening with these digital technologies is because though you know technologies and mediation have been around for ever mm -hmm. since we can call it humans humans the associations with these technologies are getting more and more complicated i think and more and more embedded mm. um, not just in person to person interaction but in person created machine to other person created machine to machine created machine mm. that layering i think is crystallizing in ways that are difficult getting more and more difficult maybe mm. for us to deal with actually i'm thinking now just uh i actually just watched Citizen Four. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, yeah, I did. Everyone should see it. Um, yeah. I, I waited way too long, but but there's a moment where Edward Edward Snowden mentions that you know no one could uh, open up this encryption, no one person, because we're at a point where no one person has you know the ability to open up a computer system and say how it all works. Um, and I think that's a complication that has arisen out of this digital age mm. that didn't exist before. You could always have someone say how a certain technology works, but now there's a point where there's a, the assemblage is so big, you now need an assemblage of people to deal mm. with it. Yeah. Which are creating new um, forms of networks, I think. And also, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the, the, the fact that we can't see our um, technologies, that, that, that kind of opacity to them. The book that I published last year, The Outage, which is a ghost-written memoir, I'd really been thinking about this at the time as this sense of like, how do we know how we're seen by by what we put out online and also through our intimate data? And um, by intimate data, I mean uh, basically everything that's behind a password, but not only. So things like your URL history, your Google search history, that's not behind a password. If you grab my laptop, you could get it. But my Amazon history, my YouTube history, um, my Facebook archive and the, the ads associated with it or my Twitter activity and all of this kind of stuff, which creates these like you know data personhoods let's say you know how are they being read and by whom and for what purpose and who are they generating money for and who's you know who's keeping them going who's keeping them alive who's tending those infrastructures that allow those those uh you know data subjects to exist that's that's the stuff i was really interested in and i and so i gave all of this or rather i say i gave a sample um to a writer to to write my memoir based on that, but also on my online presence, which obviously I couldn't control what, what uh, he looked at. And that's, again, that was what I was interested in, that sense of like, you may know what you put out there and be quite comfortable with the fact that you share this or that, but you don't know how that's been read right. against, let's say, something else, against maybe a mention that you might have made that you took drugs or um, an interest that you have in flying model airplanes or whatever you know how d how are these things being read together along with let's say biometric data and your youtube history that is the stuff that we just don't know 
at the same time, you know, the classic thing is like, well, I know I'm not doing anything wrong. You know, it, that that's the classic privacy thing. Yeah, about maybe to you, you're not doing anything Yeah, and, you know, right now, yeah. but, you know, yeah. governments might change. Laws change all the time. People have often, th you know, throughout history not felt that they were in any danger and then suddenly things change and like, oh, actually, this is a problem now. Totally. Yeah, I mean, and with capacities of storage only increasing, mm -hmm. I mean, we're, you, we're almost a level where video, as we were mentioning before, mm. will also be massively able to store and keep mm. um, and never delete. Yeah, I can't remember if I mentioned this before, but that was with the, the Instagram, the blank videos. I had come out of this idea of that video was still a way of being able to pa pass messages around without them being read. Or recorded, and more well, more the sense that, that you know, because they could be stored, but if it's not being read by anybody, who cares? Yeah. You know, it not who cares. Rather, it hasn't got the same implications. But if video can be read in the same way that audio recordings can, in the same way that text can, then it's an it's no longer an encrypted uh, mode of communication. I mean, kind Chilling. of. <laughs> um, there's so much to talk about. What do you have? Do you have anything up right now around the world? Anything really new that you want people to see? Um, no. Or not even really new? I mean, I've got, you know, I've got a few things um, coming up, but right now I'm actually really just taking a little bit of time. Every now and then in an, in an, an artist's work, you're, you're, you're stopping to see where you're going with things yeah. and just really making sure that what you're exploring is still really interesting to you and what are the things that really truly um, concern you and I think a lot of the time um, artists working with any type of technology or digital media can easily get kind of put in a box that like that's all they're interested in and um, or that that's all that their kind of artwork is talking to rather than let's say um, how things look in a gallery or how more more performative aspects of it which aren't really about as I said they're not they're not technological artifacts they're cultural artifacts and um, in, in a way I, I guess I'm also trying to just think about how I can um, refocus that in my own work so that people don't make the mistake of thinking that I'm just looking at gadgets or something I don't know <laughs> or that that's just the horizon on which we live you know we don't there's there's so much more <laughs>